Are you using your spiritual gifts? Oh, Pastor Terry, I come to church on Christmas. Let me rephrase the question. <laughs> Are you using your spiritual gifts? Are you? Do you even know what they are? Lord God, you know all my ways. You know all about me. But still you came for me. Lord God, you know well, how the end welcome to do I'm Terry Knighton, pastor of New Life Community Church and your host here on New Life Telecast. I have with me for our final program my uh, partner, my life partner, and my partner in ministry, Sister D. You've heard me talk about her a lot of times. Here she is. Uh, I have been in broadcast ministry for thir almost 35 years, 34 years and 10 months, and this will conclude that run tonight. This is our last telecast for New Life um, I am retiring in April. I've been telling you that for the last several weeks. And I have a replacement that's uh, going to follow me. And I trust that New Life is going to continue on with ministry in this community as they always have. Uh, the gentleman that's going to be following me is Jimmy Foster and his lovely wife, Laura. You can see just a glimpse of Jimmy right there. Isn't he a fine-looking fella? And again, he will resume or take uh, the helm here sometime after April of next year. But with all of that, New Life has decided that they're going to conclude their television ministry uh, with this particular program. I do want to remind you that New Life will continue on with live stream. Uh, the information is there on the screen, and if you'll just look on the screen, if you find our website, nlccalive.com, go over to the sermons or the message tab, scroll down, Click on live stream. It'll actually take you to our YouTube channel or YouTube page, but you can keep up with us there, and we hope that you will continue to do so. Donna, it's been a long haul, hasn't it? Yes, sir, it has. How long have we been at New Life? 26 years. 26 years. will be 27 in actually May 25th, so we won't make it quite that far. Uh, but uh, we're headed in that direction. Uh, oh, good night. There's so many things we could talk about that have taken place here over that uh, time. New life has been very good to us. Amen. Very good. Yes. Uh, it has, uh, and it's kind of bittersweet. Uh, we really believe that this is uh, the next step for us. We're not leaving the area, right? No. No more packing boxes for the Knight Clan. We're going to stay right here. Uh, two of our, well, one of our children and. His wife and two grandkids are in this area. Our other two children and seven grandchildren are in other places, and we hope to be in those places a little bit in the coming months, something we haven't been able to do for quite some time. Let me just express to each one of you, and it never fails when we uh, either take a week off or something to that effect. Someone in the community comes up to me and says, hey, we listened to you or I heard you on television. And that means the world to me. It has given me the opportunity to tell people about Christ and to share my heart. And the message that we're going to wrap up with tonight was one of the last or the last message that I preached at New Life prior to Christmas. So I trust that uh, will minister to you. Anything else you need to say? I think you said enough. That's good. 
She talks a lot, but uh, not in front of this camera. Uh, I think I can get by with saying that, so there you go. Uh, this particular message is titled, Stir It Up. I want to read one verse in your hearing. Our text passage is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And I want to read verse 7 in your hearing, and then we're going to jump right on into this. And the record puts it this way. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening into this telecast, and I pray in the name of Jesus, by your word, you would speak to each heart. And Lord, I pray you would continue to bless this community, bless our work as we find out what that is in the days to come, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you stay tuned. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. We'll be back. on the spiritual gifts inventory that we use here and our membership class as well as our one-to-one -one discipleship. Now I want you to consider this with me. Every last one of those gifts, all 27 of those gifts have been envisioned and purposed and brought forth upon the body of Christ in every generation of the church. I believe that. Listen to this. Spiritual gifts are not, they have not, and will never be my idea or my invention. This is not just some cool thing that I come up with. Now, I've come up with a couple of cool things, but this is not one of them. Listen, beloved, the spiritual gifts are fundamentally, are a fundamental and essential component of God's plan. Did you know that? There's a lot of people in a lot of churches in a lot of places around a lot of countries that have no earthly idea that spiritual gifts are a fundamental basic part and an essential part of God's plan for his church. Now, I would caution you. I would caution you to be very cautious how you handle such spiritual gifts. And let me uh, present it to you this way. I'm headed to number five on your study notes. Which of the spiritual gifts is the most important one? I would suggest to you it is the one that you have received. That should be the most important one to you. Now, you have to be careful. And let me just throw out this little, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on this. Every spiritual gift has strengths. Every spiritual gift has weaknesses. When we all come together, we're all strong together. It seems like the strong uh, fills in for the weak, and the, the weak just kind of help out with it. It's just all kind of works together. But one of the weaknesses of spiritual gifts is when we do have one, we think that is the only one. Now, that's not the only one. How many are there? So that means some other people will have a different gift than what you have. But what I'm trying to say to you is the most important one to you should be the one you have. Does that make sense? Should be the one you key in on. Should be the one you focus on. And listen, beloved, if God presented to you a gift, which he has, first of all, if you're born again, you receive Holy Spirit, the gift, and the gift brings with him furniture, 
fruit and spiritual gifts. That gift, Holy Spirit brings, Holy Spirit fills you up with, uh, not, not only represents the presence of God, it also represents some presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, some presence that should be cherished by you. Let me do that again. Think about this. If God Almighty gave you a gift, which he did, and that gift also has some gifts that come along with it, which it does, and you are in receipt of that, should that not be cherished? If it comes from God, there's at least an inference that Timothy, Timothy of our account, was a timid soul, much like Pastor Terry. I said a timid soul, a timid soul, making him a little underqualified for his appointed role. Stick with me right here. Somebody needs to hear this. It is worth mentioning that Timothy's obvious gifts of pastor, teacher, probably had some administrative gifts. It's worth mentioning that his gifts would have called for him to be very forthright in being among people. How many of you know that's difficult for a timid soul? It would have called for him to be in front of people. How many of you know that can be difficult for a timid soul? It would have called for him to actually be leading people. The people who in many respects are like herding cats. I'm talking about and for those who are of a timid soul, that's a difficult task. And I have to ask myself, in fact, I did Friday morning. I said, self, why would God purpose for a timid person to have the gifts that he had gifted to Timothy? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Why would God do that? Well, I'll tell you what Paul said in another place. Chapter 1, verse 7, look at that with me. Paul said this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many of you know us is plural? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. He has not given us a spirit of fear. How many of you know some believers that are so fearful? He has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Wow, he's telling this to a timid young man. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. How many of you know that a man that's going to lead people, he's going to need some power? And I'm not just talking about brute strength. He's going to need some intestinal fortitude, some thick skin, some power. He's going to need some love. And I'm not talking about I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. I'm talking about agape love, the kind of love that says I'll love you even when you were a sinner I'll love you that kind of love how many of you know a leader's going to need some self-discipline because there'll be times when he don't feel like doing what he's been called to do with the people he's been called to do it with it takes some self-discipline do we have that according to the word we do and in order to honor God with his gifts and with his life Timothy, which by the way, the original is Timotheus, it, it simply means honoring God. 
Wasn't that something when grandma and mama got together and decided to name the little booger Timotheus? Honoring God. And in order to do that, Timothy purposed, watch this, he purposed to dig down and learn to release, listen to me church, to dig down and learn to release God's power instead of hunkering down and depending upon his own human weaknesses and flaws and shortcomings. What you talking about, Paul? I can't do that. You know I'm a timid soul. Well, I've got good news, Timothy. God has given us a spirit that will help uh, compensate for that timid soul. I believe I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. Are you still with me? Listen to me. What time is it? I was going to quit at 5 after 11. Make it 10. Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Will provide the resources that every person, every born-again person needs for every situation. Listen to me. In particular, you timid souls. I'm talking about the right, including not only when I say, I'm not just talking about external things, but in, including the right emotions, Holy Spirit will help us with that, including wisdom that we may not have naturally, the wisdom which comes from above. Holy Spirit will provide us with the right motivation. Does it intrigue you that some people just seem to have this inward drive? And you're like, where does that come from? I wonder if you ever look at your pastor and wonder, where does that come from? Well, I'll tell you where it comes from. It's not the flesh. Now, I work at this. Obviously, I'm a specimen. Say amen right there. Yeah. I eat right and exercise. I love that elbow bend. But there's something inside me that draws me and influences me and motivates me to do something that I would not normally, under normal conditions, do. That which is true for me can be true for you as well. Are you with me? Holy Spirit will provide you not only the external things, but the very strength of character that you need to engage ministry. Preacher, you better have some Bible for that. Oh, you know I do. Listen to Romans 8 and 26, the first part of the verse. I understand the context of this, but listen to this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I wonder if I have any weak people here this morning, spiritually. I hear it all the time. People say, I can't do that. I, I just, I can't do that. I feel like the Lord wants me to do something. I can't do that. I know you can't do that. I can't do that either but we've been given something to enable us to do that. Fill in number six with me on your notes and I hasten. Beloved, never fear when it appears your spiritual gifts are taking you into an area of weakness. That is a really spiffy study note right there. Never fear when it appears. Everybody say appears. Will you draw a circle around that? When it appears your spiritual gifts are taking you into an area of weakness. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians, writing another letter to another church. It's for us as well. It's transhistoric as well. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I love that. 
For when I am weak, he is strong. The key, beloved, is not depending upon our own energy, but learning to depend upon him and release that. That leads me to say this, and I'm winding up. Paul was not suggesting, and neither is Pastor Terry suggesting, that Timothy keep the Spirit's flame ablaze by his own human effort. Well, Pastor Terry, then how is it supposed to be done? Listen, we learn the process of cooperating with Holy, indwelling Holy Spirit. I had a flashlight already to show you this morning, and I left it over in my office, so you'll just have to pretend with me. In order for a flashlight to work, it has to have something. What is it? Batteries. Can I suggest to you that a lot of people in the church today they are a flashlight, but they have not inserted the batteries. It's like the batteries are there. Holy Spirit, he's available, but they have not taken the time, the effort, the energy to put into studying the word of God and prayerfully seeking God to understand how to engage that power, how to put the batteries in the flashlight. We learn the process of cooperating with indwelling Holy Spirit. How do we cooperate with Holy Spirit to stir up the gifts that Jesus give? Beloved, it's not with our own efforts. But I want you to understand this. Our effort is a necessary component of the process. Wouldn't it be easy if we would just kind of walk around doing whatever, do, 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 and God just come upon the scene and made us be righteous and made us do righteous things like a puppet? Wouldn't that be cool? That's not the way it is. Some people would argue to you that it is. It is not. There's nothing biblical about that. Our efforts are a necessary component of the process. We can't do it in and of ourselves. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But our part is important. How many of you know, you guys in particular, some of you gals might know this, and I'm not trying to be overly uh, misogynistic. I guess it's probably going to sound that way. But how many of you know that spark plugs and fan belts will not take you on a trip? But your car won't take you on a trip without them. And Mike Law's thankful for spark plugs and fan belts that keeps him buying Christmas presents. Say amen right there. Yeah, he's just hoping your fan belt breaks this week. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> Number seven, we stir up the gift by resolving to use the gift we've been given. Are you using your spiritual gifts? Oh, Pastor Terry, I come to church on Christmas let me rephrase the question. <laughs> Are you using your spiritual gifts? Are you? Do you even know what they are? When I say use the gifts, here's what I'm suggesting. We have to discover the nature, whatever it is we discover about the nature of our spiritual gifts. And if you don't understand it, see me. I can help you with this. Whatever it is we discover about our spiritual gift, we should also purpose to discover avenues by which we might put those gifts into operation. You know what I have discovered? Say what? A lot of people come into church and they perch on a church pew just like this. And they're just waiting, waiting, waiting for somebody to build a fire under them. 
They're just waiting, waiting, waiting for somebody to hook them up instead of doing what the Word of God tells them to do. And that is getting hooked up. How many of you know there's a big difference between waiting to get hooked up and getting hooked up? Are you with me? Does that make sense a little bit? Isn't it easier to blame the church for all of our lack of commitment and our lack of faithfulness and our lack of knowing what we need to know about our own personal life? Isn't it going to be something when, when people stand before the great white throne judgment someday? And they want to blame Pastor Terry. And they're looking around like, where is he? I was going to blame him for something. Well, I'll tell you where he's going to be. The beam of the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to be with Jesus. That's where he's going to be. So you're not going to be able to blame the church for those things. Are you listening? Now, I'm not excusing the church. Church, we need to get off the stool and do nothing and do something. That's what I'm talking about. But, beloved, it is up to you to reach in to find out what it is God wants you to do and do it. It takes effort to keep a roaring fire in the fireplace. Amen? It does. And it's going to take some concentrated effort on your part to keep the blaze stirred up. Let me close with this, my third and final closing. Paul helped the Galatians, and by so doing, he helps us with this, chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the gift that we've been talking about, and the gifts that he brings. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Practically speaking, he's saying, follow Holy Spirit's direction. That's up to you. Follow Holy Spirit's direction and his guidance in every part of your life. Listen, beloved, when you, when we fail to make this a priority, then by default, something unconscionable happens. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 19, as we have it designated today, and it says this, do not put out the Spirit's fire. The old version says quench, do not quench, do not extinguish or suppress, even thwart is part of that definition. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Don't let it go out. For goodness sakes, don't put it out. Don't let it go out. How many of you have ever watched the television program Survivor? Survivor. Survivor is ridiculous because it is the kind of a microcosm of life. It is. I'm a student of Survivor. One of the things about Survivor is it's a game. It's a game show but your team can vote you off. How cruel is that? You can be, and, and the best players usually get voted off first because they're a threat. But at the end of the program, oh, what's that guy's name? Jeff what? Probes. This guy, they have to bring their torch over when they get voted out. Remember this? And they have to stick it in this little hole because the fire represents life. And when your fire goes out, you're gone. And Jeff says, what? Read it with me. The tribe has spoken. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on Survivor. And when they vote me out, 
Yeah, I'm going to, they're going to say, uh, Terry, bring your torch up here. I'm going to take my torch, and I'm going to run back to the camp just as fast as I can with my torch. Boogity, 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 boogity. You ain't putting my torch out. No way, Jose. Nobody has ever done that in the history of Survivor. It's a brilliant strategy. You look for him in a coming season. I think season 53, I'm going to be right there. Hope they don't have to do anything physical that season. Say amen right there. Yes, sir. The tribe has spoken. And then they do the old torch snuff. The torch snuffer. How many of you know that there's somebody always looking to snuff your torch? Am I right? That's funny right there. The church is full of torch snuffers. Don't let them snuff. The snuffleupagus. The church is full of them. Don't let them snuff your torch. Listen, the enemy... In the enemy's world, who is the enemy? Satan. And who is the world of all those people who have, uh, many of them by just acquiescence, just by default are part of his world. They will forever attempt to snuff out your torch. Can I encourage you this morning? Here's my Christmas message for you, or part of it anyways. Can you be encouraged to resolve that it ain't going to happen? They are not going to snuff out your torch. You're going to stir the flame. You're going to keep stirring. And when the devil comes with his little torch snuffer, you're going to outrun him. You're going the other way. And listen, you won't have to run too far. The Bible says this, resist the devil and? Say it out loud, new life. Resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah, come after my torch. I'll send you hair with it, you old bald-headed devil. Listen to Jeremiah. Man, I wish I had a full amount of time this morning. (laughs) Jeremiah 23 and verse 29, the first part of the verse says this. The Lord brought this to my spirit this morning. This is beautiful. God said through Jeremiah, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. Yes, it is. Can you be encouraged to take that word according to your gifts, whatever they are, discover what it is, it's up to you and I'll help you and run with it. Fan it into flame. Be used of the Lord to do some great and awesome things. Beloved, let's wrap it up right there by reiterating this to you. How do we cooperate with Holy Spirit in order to utilize the gifts that Jesus has presented to us? We do that by using the gifts that we've been given. Let me ask you, are you using the gifts that you've been given? Pastor, what gifts are you talking about? Listen, beloved, if you're born again, filled with God's Spirit, then God, Holy Spirit brings with Him some gifts that you are to use in the kingdom-building work that God has left us to do. It's very simple. Are you doing that? Do you know what those gifts are? Let me encourage you to get into the Word of God and to study it and know it and find out what it is that God has purposed for you to do. It's essential. I'm going to have to wrap up right here. Uh, This is bittersweet in some respects. Uh, We have been with you for a long, long time, this television audience, but uh, we're going to have to bid you a fond adieu for right now. My prayer, my heartfelt prayer, is that each and every one of you will continue to follow after the things of the Lord, to seek Him with all of your heart, to get involved in a local church. That's still very, very important to get involved in a local church 
and find out what your gifts are and serve the Lord with every fiber of your being. I want to reiterate to you that myself and Sister Donna, we're not going anywhere. We're staying in ministry. We will not be in pastoral ministry for the time being, but we will be involved in ministry, preaching, teaching the Word of God, and loving on God's people and loving on the community in order to try to reach them with the good news gospel message of Jesus Christ. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week and a great life. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?